They're shorter ones. They'll be easier to read. But even though it's short, doesn't mean they're big chap, not big chapters. And even actually, short is pretty average. <laughs> it's not bad that it's short. It's not. Well, n- you can still fit it within a day's work of reading. You know. Yeah, you could probably get two in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because the last chapter was big doesn't mean that this one's like small. That is bad. That it's small. no, it's not small compared to the big ones. No, it's, it's all just, like your perception or yeah. perspective. Because I mean. No, right. no, I, didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Oh. <laughs> okay, we're cutting that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Exploring Middle Earth. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, today we're going over chapter eight of The Hobbit, Flies and Spiders. Um, let me, before we get into that, let me first introduce myself. Sounds like an average Thursday. Yeah. Flies and spiders. Mm-hmm. I don't. What, for who? For you or just maybe, anybody? Maybe people living in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Flies yeah. and spiders every Thursday. Yeah. It's what's for dinner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or no, I'm, Yeah. I just well, okay, here's here's why don't we start this way? Would you rather eat a fly or a spider? Uh, well, okay. Here's my thought process on this. Okay. Flies are gross and spiders are creepy. Yeah. So I'm not scared of spiders, but I just think they're creepy looking. Like they just look creepy. So I think I would rather eat something that's slightly gross and it's also probably smaller. Mm-hmm. So it just go down real quick. So I'd rather eat a fly, I think, rather than putting something with long, dangly legs in my mouth. Yeah. So I feel like I'd rather eat a fly, yeah. I'd agree. But it also depends on spider because it could be like a tarantula or like a daddy long leg. That's true. Yeah. I'd rather eat a daddy long leg than a fly. <laughs> You'd rather eat a daddy? <laughs> yeah. Long long leg? Yeah. yeah. A long okay. legged daddy. Long legged daddy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Well, um, my name's Jay, and I'd rather eat a... I'd like to eat a daddy long leg. <laughs> And I and I, I know less about Lord of the Rings than Grant does, which is the other guy that you hear talking. Yeah, and I'm the other guy, Grant, who knows more than Jay and has read all the books and watched all the movies. And I'd rather eat a fly, but if I had to eat a f- spider, I'd say maybe one of those like little furry jumping spiders because they're mm. tiny. So it jumps right down your throat. Yeah, Oop. get it over quick. So, yes, that's my choice. Mm-hmm. It was a strong start to this episode. Yeah, I know. I've yeah, I don't know where we got on that tangent. It was me, but yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're going over chapter eight. Grant's gonna give the <laughs> okay. summary of flies and spiders. Big chapter, long chapter too. Big chapter. That's that's every <laughs> single time. Yeah, every. Yeah, this is every a time. big important chapter. You guys better pay attention. So hopefully, you guys read this in mm-hmm. the weeks uh, prior to us recording mm-hmm. or releasing, actually. Or you just paused it right after Grant said that and then read it, and now you're back. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could be reading it as we're recording it right now. So Yes. Uh, or as you're listening to it, which would be counterproductive. Oh, yeah. That would. Okay. Because yeah. you wouldn't be retaining either unless no. you're really smart. Unless you're really cool. Yeah. So, anyways, okay. here's a summary of the chapter. All right. So, the last chapter we left off, um, the, uh, the dwarves and Bilbo had to leave their ponies behind because Bjorn was following them. Mm-hmm. He wanted his ponies back. And then Gandalf also just skedaddled out of there he's like all right see you guys i got things to do you know business to attend to places to be errands to run if you will uh so the dwarves uh enter mirkwood 
the big overgrown dark forest and they can tell right away that it's just creepy it gives off creepy vibes yeah spooky, bad vibes spooky vibes spooky it's like halloween forever in there yeah uh, so they, they enter in there, and as they go along the path, well, th- they were firstly warned not to stray from the path, even though it can get confusing, but whatever you do, don't stray from the path, because you will get lost. You'll probably get killed somewhere down the line. Yeah. So they try and stay to the path, but it is like a maze in the trees, and there's like some spots that go off that look like it's the path, but they realize further down, oh, it's not the path, and yeah. then they get lost. Yeah. And it's dark, and too. And it's dark, too. Really There's dark. no, hardly any light that enters in through the trees because it's so overgrown and so uh, dark. Dense. <laughs> it's dense. Dense. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and they notice that uh, a lot of the animals are actually black, which is crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's what because... What was Tolkien saying about that? It's because <laughs> of the evil. It's because of the evil that was lurking under the trees. Yeah. It has started to turn everything black. Um, we'll later learn that some of the butterflies were black, uh, the squirrels were all black, and there was a deer that was black as well. Um, it says, uh, in the book, it says a heart, H A R T. That's just basically, um, people in Europe say heart for like a stag, like mm-hmm. a deer. So, or okay, so a buck, basically in yeah. America, you know, um. So that's what that means. A male deer. And then I think they also say later on, they're talking about these white deer that are in the forest. They say something about a hind, which is a doe. So if you're ever confused about what that is, that's what it is. So a heart and a hind? heart and a hind is a buck and a doe, basically. So, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I don't think I am. Well, you <laughs> are the smarter one. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> what that is. So, um, so they go along and... Even though the daytime is really dark and they can hardly even tell that it's daytime, the nighttime is even worse because it's like legit pitch black and they can't see a thing. They can't see in front of them at all. And there's or not behind them. Or behind <laughs> them or to the side or up or, or down. down. Anyway. Um, they can only look inside themselves. Yeah. Okay. And do some therapy. They can look into their heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Free their soul. Anyways, so they, they go through the forest and uh, they see a lot of – at night and they see a lot of uh, like – pairs of eyes and stuff like that that are kind of like looking at them through under the trees i mean i would assume they're under the trees Mm -hmm. because everything but the path is trees so um but there's yeah there's like yellow and red and green eyes and then they would like they would appear and like stare at the party as they were walking by and then they would disappear i don't know i just did that (laughs) movement but uh grant just did a movement yeah okay and then they um they tried lighting fires so that they could keep watch on whatever those weird eyes were um, but it only attracted more eyes, like in larger numbers. And then there are also giant moths and bats that would swoop down because of the light. And mm-hmm. so they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. So they're even safer in the pitch black. Um, so they go along and it's – so Mirkwood is a huge forest. Like it's not just – it's not your average forest. Mm-hmm. not your day-to-day forest. It's a pretty big forest. Um, it's supposed to be the biggest forest in Middle Earth. So uh, at least continuous forest. And so it takes a long, long time to get through, even through, like, the northern part, which is fairly narrow. I mean, there's a part in the south that's even narrower. But anyways, so they have to get through that, and it takes many weeks to get through it. And as they go along, they start to run short on their food supplies, the stuff that Bjorn gave them, like the honey cakes and the the nuts and honey in general and dried mm-hmm. fruit whatever so they start to get low on that because they didn't realize how long it was going to take them so they have to really ration out what they're eating mm-hmm. um 
And so they get really hungry, and they see some of the squirrels, some of the black squirrels, and they waste a bunch of arrows trying to shoot at them. Um, but the squirrels are fast, and they're small, so it's kind of hard to aim at them in the dark like that, especially because they're black squirrels. So uh, they waste a lot of arrows, and everyone gets kind of grumpy. And then something happens. They find the enchanted river that Bjorn was warning them about, um, the one that he warned them not to drink out of or even touch. Um, so they get there, and they're like, hmm how do we cross this because they get to it and it's like it's up on like high banks and you can see that there's there used to be like a wooden bridge that went over it but uh it like had long since been abandoned and it was decayed and rotten and it was like fall half fallen into the river um so they're like yeah i don't know like obviously that would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Bilbo, who has really good eyesight even in the darkness, he sees that there's a boat that's across the water, kind of half up on the other bank. So um, the Outer Banks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never watched that TV show. Me neither. I don't want to. You don't? No. Well, you're going to have to now. No. I'm going to make I, you. I've seen my brothers watch a few episodes of it. You watch your brothers watch the no. show? <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, w- I was in the same room as them oh. watching the show. I wasn't watching them watch but it. You, you were so sitting I on guess the couch watching them sitting on the couch. No, I was I was on my phone, but I I could hear the episode. I don't I didn't really like it. Oh okay. I don't know. That's not my style. Okay. Um, anyways, I forget. There's I don't know. Never mind. There's nothing. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> what we're talking there's about. There's nothing there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Bilbo sees the boat, and um, they have. Obviously, they're dwarves. So they have like a lot of tools they can use. They have a rope with like a like a hook on it or something like that. And Philly or Philly, Philly. I, I always say Philly, <laughs> like Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Uh, Philly has a. Uh, he also has pretty good eyesight, and he's also uh, pretty strong too for his age. So he takes the rope and he he throws it across to where he can see the boat. And after I think like a try or two, he eventually gets it hooked on the boat. But he's like pulling and pulling, and it won't let free, let go. <laughs> it won't come free. Yeah. Yeah. There you um, go. Um, but eventually it takes all the dwarves to finally yank on the rope and the uh there's like a snap and then the the boat comes towards them. And they realize uh that the boat was tied up on the other shore with another rope. Yeah. So they accidentally split that in half and they're like, Whoopsies. Yeah. Oops. But it's the it's the right rope to split in half though. Yeah, but it was a good good rope to split in half. It wasn't their rope, so that was the good rope, yeah. Um so then what they do is then they take another rope and they throw it into the trees on the other side and that one gets hooked in. And then so uh, they get in the boat kind of in small groups so that they don't tip the boat because it looks pretty kind of weak. And mm-hmm. so they take the rope that they threw into the trees and they kind of hold on to it and then like crawl their way across the water on the boat. Um, and then so everyone's back on the bank except for bomber who's the last because he's the fattest so mm-hmm. he has to go by himself once more <laughs> kind of <laughs> like when he had to go by himself to bjorn's house because mm-hmm. he counts as two people yeah oh that's sad not really um, but fat as in ph yeah phat just from now on if we say bomber's the fattest that's what we mean P-H-A-T. he's a pretty good looking guy yeah 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 um that's all i have to say on that one uh okay. so uh, Bombers, he's making his way across, and he's you know he's getting a little tippy because it's he's big guy. Yeah, big guy. Um, and 
as he's coming across, there's this deer that crashes onto the path. Like, it crashes through the thicket onto the path, and all the doors are like, whoa! Wait, is it a heart or a hind? This one, I think, is a heart. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so, yeah. So, it, it comes onto the path, and then all the dwarves are freaking out, and they start shooting because they're like, oh, this could be good food. It's, like, right next to us. Good eating. But they all miss because they're all, like, freaking out. Like, what just happened, you know? Uh, PTSD-type stuff. And do our dwarves... Because you don't really see in the movies, do dwarves usually use bow and arrows? Yeah. I don't really... I don't really remember that, like, as a thing. Yeah, I mean, they're not, like... They don't excel at archery, but they do use bow and arrows, yeah. Not Gimli, though. I mean, there's, like, some that do. Like, Thorin, apparently, is really good at it. Which I'm going to get to right now. I mean, he's good at everything. Yeah, he's the king. Except for fighting against the temptation of the treasure. Except for fighting in battle, because... Oh, oh. I'm not going to say anything I else. mean, he did have an oaken shield... He did that. That was kind of smart. No, I was kind of talking about a spoiler oh. at the end of The Hobbit. Okay. If you've okay. never read it. So. I've never read. Ah, I'm never just mind. kidding. I've read it. Don't worry, guys. Never mind. You're in good hands. Yeah, don't listen to me. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyways, so Thorin keeps his he keeps his uh, composure. He stays calm, and he, he shoots at the deer, but it springs across the bank, across the river, and it makes it to the other side. Apparently, the river's like, like just narrow enough where the deer can make it because deer are usually pretty good at jumping long distance whereas yeah. a dwarf would not be so deers have hops yeah they do they got springs for legs yeah. dude uh so anyways so he makes it across the river but thorn shoots it in midair like a freaking champ mm-hmm. and uh but unfortunately it's on the other side of the river so what are you gonna do and then it, you can hear it like stumble and fall and go silent so they're like well there goes that Yep. Another waste of an arrow. Would have been nice, Thorn, if you mm-hmm. got it before it jumped. But then uh, Bilbo looks down in the river, and he's like, uh-oh, Bomber's in the river, and he's fast asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the deer knocked him over as it was jumping over. So they're stuck carrying Bomber in turns because he's a big dude, and then they eat, don't even have food to go off of because so they're hungry and got to carry this. I don't know how much he would weigh. I'm probably guessing like 300. Maybe. Three, I don't know how much regular dwarves. 300. Yeah. Regular dwarves already look heavy. Yeah, they kind of do. They're stocky. Yeah. They're big boned, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You <laughs> just. <laughs> Jay, Jay, stop fast shaming. <laughs> they're big boned. Okay, yeah. They sorry. just have a wide structure. They have wide girth. They remind me of a house. They're st- a brick house. Sturdy, very well structured. Mm hmm. You know, Storm couldn't knock that dude over. Mm-hmm. So anyways. Yeah. So they no got a huffing and puffing could blow yeah. him over. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that so funny? I don't know. <laughs> it's not a straw house, that's for yeah. sure. Um, so, yeah, they got to carry Bomber. And then uh, as they're walking through the woods, um, they start to hear, like, singing here and there and laughter, which sounds, like, really creepy and eerie in the dense woods like in the pitch black so they're like uh let's get out of here what's going on uh what (laughs) excuse me this just got interesting (laughs) things just took a twist (laughs) or a turn yeah (laughs) that'd be funny if they had like a reality show type thing and they had (laughs) they had like those those like talking head interviews (laughs) something's going on here it's it's bilbo like they hear they hear laughter in the darkness (laughs) and it just like pans to bilbo who's like uh what (laughs) (laughs) we're getting out of here uh that's a big fat no yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, we gotta <laughs> move on. We okay. can just keep going yeah. on this. For um. So yeah. So they hear all that stuff, and they're like, "Man, eh, yeah, let's get out of here." So and then they start to enter a valley. It kind of dips. The land dips down a little bit, and uh, and then for whatever reason, Thorin gets the bright idea while they're down in the valley, for someone to climb up a tall tree to see where they are. Which, if you know anything about valleys, like I said, it's like, like it, it's all low elevation. Yeah. So if it's a valley there's mountains or hills around it so like if you climb a tree even at the bottom of a valley it's like you're not going to see anything around you but hills so yeah. thorin there's, there's had, a slip up but he's usually good at everything but yeah thorin had uh way. thorin had that great idea uh so in this household we do not say thorin's name no, <laughs> no but so he bilbo climbs the tree because he's the he's the smallest and he's also the nimblest so he can actually get to the top branches whereas every other dwarf would break it so they are yeah, I would say they're pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, stocky, sturdy. Yeah. Yeah. Big bones. Stable. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a bird on you, really. Yeah. Grant just got distracted by a bird. Sorry, man. <laughs> I just flew up and... Oh, oh, boom. Hey. Uh, so, Bilbo climbs the tree, and it's a pretty tall tree, uh, but he can't see very far because there's hills all around him. Yeah. They're actually like they're actually pretty close to the edge of the the eastern edge of the forest, but they don't know that because they're in the middle of a freaking valley. Bilbo's like, this goes on forever. Yeah. So yeah. So he tells he yells back down at them. He's like, uh, guys, this goes down forever. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's another it's another, another talking. talking head. Um, this is not what I expected. Yeah. It's just him <laughs> at the top of the tree. They're not gonna want to hear this. <laughs> uh, all I see are trees. <laughs> anyway, so uh. <laughs> He comes back down, gives everyone the bad news, um, and everyone's grumpy again because there's still no food. Uh, but Bomber, at this point, he wakes up, and they're like, oh, that's cool. Mm. Interesting turn of events. Yes. Bomber's awake, but then Bomber's all grumpy because he's like, the whole time I was dreaming about food, mm-hmm. and now I wake up and we have no food. And everyone's like, shut up, dude. <laughs> and then he, he gets grumpy again, and he's like, oh, I don't want to walk. It's so long. And they're like, dude, we just carried you all this way. I think you need to do walking. He so should have had to carry some of them. Yeah. So Someone everyone's cared. a little salty. Everyone's a little grumpy. Um, and then one night, uh, they start seeing these twinkling lights, ooh, like torch lights in the distance of the woods. And they start to go towards it. Um, and they see like a little, like a feast laid out on a table in this like little like hallway kind of made of trees. It's like a corridor. And there's all these torches and there's this feast and there's elves just having a good time. And then they they all run towards it because they're like, oh, we want food, and they're hope like they're they're thinking they're like, yeah, it's probably like a hallucination, but at this point, as long as we can get something. Yeah, and Bomber's uh, like, this is just like my dream. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, this is just what I was dreaming about. And then, uh, so they run into the clearing where all the torches and the feces, and then as soon as they get there, um, they get like, I guess they get seen in the light and then the feast disip well i don't know if it disappears like instantly but the lights go out like the the torches go out and then they're like oh where the heck are we mm-hmm. and then they're like calling for each other and then they're like okay well let's just let's just stay in one spot for the night and then when morning comes and there's at least a little bit of light we can find our way around because we lost they lost the path because yeah. they went into the woods a little further and then uh a little later on, then they see more lights, and then this time Thorn is like, okay, let's have Bilbo go in, because he's supposed to be our thief, our burglar, so we'll have him sneak into the the feasting area and see what's happening, and then maybe try, if they look friendly, 
talk to them and like tell them what's happening or try and steal some food so bilbo gets there but then he stumbles <laughs> into the light yeah. and then he gets caught and then the lights go out and then he's calling for everyone he was gonna put his ring on right he was trying to, he was about to put it on and stumbled yeah i think so yeah and then uh so then one more time the lights show up again but this time there's like hundreds of lights like hundreds of torches Big and there's like a on. lot of laughing and singing and all this all this sort of merrymaking if you will and so this time they're all like okay let's just let's just go for it let's all of us go for it again so they get there and they can see through the trees that this is an even bigger feast i don't know how they got the opportunity to set up an even bigger feast every time but mm -hmm. they did but then the king is they're there really quick yeah the king of the elves is there at the head of the table and he's like making a toast with wine or something like that and then as they all they all go into the clearing and then the lights go out again like surprise they clean up the feast yeah uh they clean house if you will you know that reminds me of Do what you know those live action teenage mutant ninja turtle movies from the 90s yeah the secret of the ooze yeah there's a scene where um that's my favorite one yeah I for, what's the pizza delivery guy's name that, uh um casey yeah casey he's trying casey to join Jones. yeah he's trying to join like shredder's gang and they put like a dummy with all these bells and they throw the smoke down, and he has to take off all the bells without making noise. Oh, Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. That's what I think of when they, like, quick clean it up. Is like, the thing goes down, and, <laughs> and then not even, like, ringing a bell. Yeah. So that's what he's like. That's funny. That's what it's that like. Was, that was the movie that me and my brothers watched all the time. That was the only Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie we had from the 90s. Like, I saw yeah. the other ones, but that was the one we owned. And mm -hmm. I watched that all the time, so I know what you're talking about. My grandparents had it on VHS. Oh, yeah. That was a classic. That was the one with... Uh, Ice, or, uh, ice, 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 baby. ice, vanilla ice. Yeah, that's vanilla his name. ice. But he did the ice, Turtle ice baby. Turtle and half power. Go ninja, go. That's good. Go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna call him Ice Baby because <laughs> I was thinking baby. like I was thinking of his song Ice yeah. Ice Baby, but then I was also thinking Ice Cube, mm -hmm. and then his name is Vanilla Ice. Mm -hmm. So I just got everything mixed up there. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So continuing on, uh, the lights just went out on the third try, and. Uh, so everyone lost, uh, loses each other, and Bilbo can't hear anyone. Well, I mean, he can hear people, but then they all start, like, fading off, and then he's, like, calling out everyone's uh, names in quick succession. Calling out their call signs? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Echo Bravo 213. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, yeah, he's calling for everyone, and then he just gives up because he's like, no one's answering, so I don't know what to do. So then he just sits with his back to a tree and falls asleep. And then when he wakes up, He's uh encased in this sticky cocoon sort of thing. He's like, this sticky is gooey stuff. And then it cuts to a talking head, and he's like, this is not how I planned my night to be. Yeah. Um, um what's going on? He's uh, still in the web zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of giant spiders that are just hanging around, and all the uh, dwarves are actually in other uh, like kind of web cocoons, and they're all wrapped up. And uh, luckily, Bilbo has his sword his like little elvish sword or it's a dagger technically for the elves but he has that and he's he manages to kind of like poke poke it through the uh the web and it cuts through pretty easily and then he cuts the rest of himself out and then he uh starts uh uh beating back these uh s spiders to uh get out of there and then he starts to run away um well after he he stabs the spider first and that was a pretty pretty big kills moment it. for him yeah, yeah he kills he's proud it. of himself yeah 
and uh, and then he names his sword Sting at that moment because yeah. it was like it, it stung the mm-hmm. uh, spider. And then he's like, "Oh, what am I doing? I gotta go back and rescue the dwarves." <laughs> yeah, because he was starting to run away. Um, so he starts to lure the spiders away by using his uh ring, the one ring, and he turns invisible and he starts uh name calling them and singing these like funny songs that yeah. gets them really agitated. And then so they start following just based on like where his voice is because they can't see him. Uh, and then also while he's wearing the ring, he can understand what the spiders are saying because the one ring allows you to he- like kind of understand other languages, uh, at least like languages that are associated with evil like the darkling yeah yeah so yeah because the spiders are evil so anyways he gets the spiders to uh leave the site where they had all the dwarves tied up and then they they chase after where they think bilbo is where his voice is and then bilbo quicks runs over and frees some of the dwarves and they start freeing other dwarves and all that sort of stuff but then the spiders realize that uh they were tricked and so they come back and then uh, the dwarves and Bilbo, the dwarves, some of them, I think, had, like, daggers, and then some of them just picked up, like, sticks and, like, threw rocks or whatever. But then they fight off the spiders, and uh, they are all asking Bilbo, they're like, uh, how did you do that? Because well, also, he was using the ring to fight yeah. off the spiders, like, he was calling them names again and then, like, stabbing them while they were not looking. Uh, and then so they're like, uh, how did you disappear like that? And then he has to reveal to the dwarves that he has a, a ring of power that allows him to go invisible. And then they're like, oh, so the story about Gollum and how you escaped, you weren't actually not that good. <laughs> it's just a ring. Yeah. And like, then, like we said, it was steroids. Yeah. It's and then Balin is really uh, satisfied because he's like, oh, so you didn't really get past me fairly when he was on lookout uh, after the the caves. Yeah. He's like, you just snuck past me because you're invisible. So he's like, I'm still the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to reveal that, so that's kind of big, uh, you know the deal. Big deal, big deal. Um, and then they're they're d- trying to decide what to do next, and they're like, oh, Thorin is not with us. <laughs> and he was not in one of the webs. And and then it cuts to kind of like a narration of uh, where Thorin's at, and uh, it talks about how Thorin was captured by wood elves. Uh, if that's who the people were feasting. And he was captured by wood elves because... Um, Fell asleep. Yeah, they want. Well, yeah, and they wanted to question one of the dwarves why they were uh, basically chasing after the and elves. And boy, did they pick the right one! And boy, yeah. boy, did they get it right! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they the the king uh, who's actually Thranduil, Legolas's dad. Uh, uh, he's the king of the Wood Elves in Mirkwood. Uh, he questions Thorin, but Thorin doesn't really give away a lot of answers because he doesn't want to reveal that he's going back to the Lonely Mountain because there's a lot of uh, bad history between the dwarves and the elves throughout history. So he doesn't really want to give away too much so that the elves don't get any ideas. Yeah. Um, and then Thorin's just thrown into a dungeon because the king's like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. So that's where he goes, and that's the end of the chapter. Thorin's but the elves the give him food and stuff. They treat him nice. And they, yeah, and they treat him nice Because they're sophisticated. Yeah, because they're good people. So the party's out starving, but Thorin is living like a king. Bread and water, baby. <laughs> living like a king in a dungeon. Yeah. So yeah, that's the whole, that's the summary of the whole chapter. That's what it is. It's a good chapter, big chapter. Yeah. The big chapter. It's a pretty long chapter. Yeah, cause Thorin's gone now. Uh, the dwarves know about the ring. Yep. And we meet the spiders, which I'm gonna talk about. And I don't know. Okay. Something else. Yeah. 
Well, I'm going to talk, like I just said a few seconds ago, I'm going to talk about the spiders. Crazy. Because you're probably wondering, what the heck? Where did these Western spiders Dictionary defines spider as. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, these aren't just your regular, everyday spider-friendly neighborhood spiders. These are giant spiders. Biggins. I don't know if there's ever dimensions giving for how, given for how big they are, but they got to be pretty big. Bigger than the average bear. But um, where did they come from? Because there's a lot of spiders, and it doesn't make sense that they would just appear out of nowhere. So, um, the... We're going to go back in time to the Silmarillion, where there's one main... <laughs> oh, yep, that's the... <laughs> yeah. There's one main lady spider. Her name is Ungolion. Oh. And she is the oldest and first great spider of Arda, which is where Middle-earth is. It's a planet, if you didn't know. But now you do. Yep. So she's the oldest first and first great spider. Um, and probably biggest too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Think of the creepiest spider you can, or don't if it creeps you out too much, and then just imagine it like. If you're in a car, pull over and <laughs> think of the creepiest spider. And then just imagine it like the size of, uh, I don't know how big. What do you think it would be? I feel like it'd be the size of like a a hippo or something like that. No, big. it's bigger than that. Bigger than yeah, that. Yeah, because Shelob is like the, the size of a hippo. The size of two hippos. I would say like the size of a. Let's see. Tank. Uh, airplane. <laughs> yeah, a tank. Airplane. No, like oh. a tank. Yeah. <laughs> Like a tank. tank is good, yeah. A tank or f- six hippos, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> sure, I don't really know what. I feel like maybe the four size hippos. different. Yeah, four hippos. Sure. I'll say yeah. So think of a tank or four hippos, whichever uh, fits, whichever one you can think of easier. Yeah. Um, that's about the size of Ungoliant. Grant just said Shelob. Uh, this is Shelob's distant mother. Um, and it um, it's. She's a distant mother because Ungoliants went around and shacked up a lot after. I'll talk about that in a second. She really did. Yeah, but she was a big, bad, evil spider. And um, her and Melkor were allies. Melkor is the first Dark Lord um, from the first stage. And they were allies when Melkor was trying to get the uh, Silmarils. Um, But once he got the Silmarils, uh, Ungoliants demanded that he give her the Silmarils because her whole thing is she wants to devour any light. She loves darkness. And the Silmarils have uh, the light of the two trees trapped in them. Yeah, so she's very emo, and she only yeah. wants dark. She eats light. Favorite color is black. I eat light for breakfast. Her favorite color is black and blood red. Yeah. So um, I'm going to read a passage from the Silmarillion. Um, this is you from crazy for that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. This is from the Flight of the Noldor chapter, and this just talks about um, <clears throat> the end of Ungoliant. Um, so it says, um, this is, uh, after she demands Melkor to give the Silmarils and they, s- they're, or he's like, no, I'm not doing that. I worked way too hard for these just for you to eat nah, them. Dude. And <clears throat> so it's talking about the Balrogs, Melkor's Balrogs. It says with their whips of flame, they smote asunder the webs of Ungolianth and she quailed and turned to flight, belching black vapors to cover her. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Belching black vapors. And <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and fleeing from the north, she went down to Valerian and dwelt beneath Arid G- Gorgoroth. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Gorgoroth. In the dark valley that was after called Nan Dungorthab. Nan Dungorthab. Yeah. I was going to th- say Dungorth Theb. Dungorthab. Theb. 
Theb. Yep. Nan Dungortheb, the Valley of the Dreadful Death, because of the horror that she bred there. For there are foul creatures of spiders formed that have dwelt there for the since the days of the delving of Angband, and she mated with them and devoured them. So that's where all the she big spiders. Sh- she shagged around. Yeah, and she then was, ate them. She was uh she was the hacky sack of uh Arda. <laughs> Yeah, Except, I guess. Well, no, she wasn't tossed around. She tossed other people around. Yeah, yeah. other spiders. Oh. Yeah. She's crazy for that one. Mm-hmm. Girl boss. Yeah. Really. <laughs> okay, and devoured them. And even after Ungolmianth... <laughs> she even ate them, too. Yeah, that's she crazy. ate them. Um, after Ungolmianth... Um, wait, where am I? After Ungolmianth herself departed and went whither she would go into the forgotten south of the world, her offspring abode there and wove their hideous webs. Of the fate of Ungolianth, no tell, no tales tell. Yet some have said that she en- ended long ago when, in her uttermost famine, she devoured herself at last. So, she really mates. Emo. She mates with everybody, eats them, and then she's like, "Well, guess I'll just eat myself now." No one else to eat. So, so she ate herself and yeah, died. That's a that's what a true emo. True is. emo, eat themselves. Yep. Please, if you're emo, please don't do that. <laughs> That'd be crazy. You're crazy for this one. <laughs> You'd be crazy for that one. <laughs> yeah. So, Ungolianth, um is where all these spiders came from. And they just dwell... Uh, uh, this forest uh, was the perfect place for them to be because it's dark and dense and yeah. scary and spooky. Like they their webs up in the trees. Yeah. Um, and they just do what they want. So, that's most likely where all the spiders came from. Like, yeah. that's their mom. Yeah. That's their family tree. It's like Ungolianth. Yeah. Everybody. She's the matriarch. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody in the <laughs> woods getting spidery. Getting spidery. Everybody in the woods getting yeah. spidery. So, um, when you read the story like this or this chapter now, you may think, oh yeah, big scary spiders. Oh in a, yeah. In a fantasy book, big scary oh, spiders. Sure. But if you read this when it first came out, you'd be like, what the heck? Big scary spiders I've never what? seen this before, other than in Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> and <laughs> if you've read Alice yeah. in Wonderland before, so they might they might have said that, but Tolkien pretty much started the trope of big, scary, evil spiders. Yeah. What if you read Alice in Wonderland, or, or what? Yeah. What if you read Lord of the Earth? Jeez. Gosh. <laughs> no, Grant. What if you read The Hobbit before Alice in Wonderland, and then you read Alice in Wonderland, and you go, "Whoa, I've only ever seen this in The Hobbit before." Yeah. So that would be a different scenario, but mm-hmm. same idea. Yeah. It's pretty new. Mm-hmm. So Tolkien pretty much started the big bad scary spider trope of fantasy and I guess just regular adventure tales. But what insp- <laughs> what what inspired him? Do you know Grant? Because I'm gonna tell you right now. You don't. Have oh, to. uh, maybe you do know. I don't know actually. No, I read it once. I don't remember. Well, there's tell me. there's two theories. There's what everybody thinks oh, and what Tolkien says. Have the- oh, so Tolkien actually says. Yeah, but it can be debated because he's a little wishy-washy on the de- exact details on the deets. So let's wishy-washy. Get, yeah, let's get some backstory. Um, Tolkien, when he was a young boy, was in South Africa and he was bit by a tarantula. And um, this is a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien, a biography, which is his biography. Um, it says, "When Ronald, which is Tolkien." <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> You're just talking. About, what, what was it? J.R.R. Tolkien, a biography. Yeah, biography, a biography. And then you go, which is his biography. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was very redundant. Yeah. So Sorry. I'm trying to fill time. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. So 
if you don't know, his name's Ronald. So, when Ronald was beginning to walk, he stumbled on a tarantula. It bit him, and he ran in terror across the garden until a nurse snatched him up and sucked out the poison. When he grew up, he could not remember a hot day running in fear <laughs> through the long, dead grass, but the memory of the tarantula itself faded. And he said the incident left him with no especial dislike of spiders. So, when he was just a young boy, he uh, um, got attacked by a tarantula, or bit by a tarantula. And a nurse sucked out the venom, which is interesting because <laughs> I didn't know this, but I Googled it. Um, tarantula venom doesn't usually kill people. It's supposed, I always saw it in the way they're portrayed, they're toxic, like deadly spiders. But uh, it, it says that it feels like a bee sting. And usually the worst symptoms is mu- muscle cramps. But yeah, so um, this is what some people think. Uh, he like had a fear of spiders, so that's why he used them as an evil yeah. um, f- creature in yeah. his stories. But Tolkien denies this in letter 163 to W.H. Auden. Wait, did I? Let me make sure I'm saying that right, because that might be somebody else. Yeah, Auden. There, I feel like there's a poet named Auden, and I get that confused. I don't want to. I don't know. Maybe it is the same guy. Hey guys, this is Editing J checking in. I just want to let you guys know that the W.H. Auden that Tolkien was writing to is in fact the uh, famous poet that I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. Um, they were contemporaries, and I didn't realize that it was the poet. But uh, just so you guys know, it is the in fact the poet. Okay, now uh, we'll get back to it. See you guys later. But so this is actually letter 163, the one where Tolkien's like, hey, um, just so you know, I was grading papers and wrote in a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit, and that's how it started. Oh, yeah. But so in this this um, letter he's writing to W.H. Auden, um, this is uh, after he's released the um, Lord of the Rings, and he's talking back about um, the hobbit and when it when they wanted a sequel and then like people's uh, analyzing his stories so this is talking about the spider or uh shelob the spider and it says but i did know more or less all about Gollum and his part and sam and i knew that that the way was guarded by a spider and if that has anything to do with uh, my being stung by a tarantula when i was a small child people are welcome to the notion supposing the improbable that anyone is interested I can say only that I remember nothing about it, should not know it if I had not been told, and I do not dislike spiders particularly, and have no urge to kill them. I usually rec- rescue them, I usually rescue those from whom I find in the bath. So, do you want to imagine a naked Tolkien saving a spider? Oh, God. But do you know if he's in the bathroom or in the bathtub? I don't know. I don't British know. people say weird things, so. Yeah. I'm going to go to the lavatory. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the telly. <laughs> That's my I'm favorite. On the telly. On the telly television. Oh yeah, I'm watching the telly. You're watching the telly. Yeah. Um. So he claimed that it was not true and that he saved spiders. Um. Which is, I mean, that's very, very nice. He's a nice guy. I think. Okay, so I mentioned jumping spiders earlier. Yeah. Those are definitely my favorite spiders because they're they're kind of cute looking. They're, I mean, they're just tiny and they're they don't really do any harm to humans because they don't try and bite you. Mm-hmm. So like, I save those because they're they're cute. So. I save most spiders unless they like scary looking. Yeah. Which I guess it's not their fault. Freaky deaky. Yeah. But um 
So that's one hypothesis which Tolkien <laughs> claimed was wrong. Wrong. But um, his explanation for it was that um, his son Michael was scared of spiders. And um, he says in a radio interview from 1957, I looked and I could not find the audio of it. Yeah. There's only this manuscript. It says, I put in the spiders largely because this was, you remember, pr- primarily written for my children. At least I had them in mind. And one of my sons in particular disliked spiders with great intensity. It did, or I did it to thoroughly frighten him, and it did. So he claims that he did it to frighten his son. It, but he does claim that, or he does say, maybe it might have been like subconscious, but yeah, um, he put it in there to scare his son. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a, that's pretty much it for the spiders. The only big scary bad spiders. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. You crazy for that one? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're gonna take an ad break and then uh, get back to Grant with Merkwood. Uh, okay. Okay, see you guys after a few seconds. Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Uh, we're back. We're back? Back. When did we get here? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. We're back. We're back. We're front. We're front. We're four. Anyways, um, so I'm going to talk about the forest of Mirkwood. Mirkwood? If you will. As it is. Mirkwood. As it was. As it be. As it, how it do. <laughs> yeah. And how it be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mirkwood has uh, quite a few names. It's been called uh, many names over the ages. Um, Four eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Yeah. Loser. Geek. Um, Woody. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Uh, Morning wood. <laughs> uh, boner. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, tree stump. <laughs> Stumpy. Stumpy. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, so in the in the late third age, when a lot when the, a lot of the stories were taking place, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, it was called Mirkwood, uh, and in Sindarin, which is the Grey Elf language, uh, that is Tower Nufuin. Tower Nufuin. Tower Nufuin. Tower Nufuin. Um, and it was also called the Forest of Great Fear, or better known by its Cinderized sin- version, Tower E in Daedalus. Which is a crazy word. Tar e and Daedalus. Yeah. Um, and then oh, I got a burp. Grant just burped for the audio listeners out there. Excuse me. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen that video of that guy who like sneezes like during an interview? He like sneezes and he goes, "Bless you, thank you," and he like thanks himself for blessing himself. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a radio or like a news thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what I did. Um, okay, and then in the uh, second age. Um, when it was first, uh, well, okay, so it had been inhabited by wood elves for, like, you know, since the elves first traveled across Middle Earth to get to the West. Mm-hmm. It had been inhabited by wood elves, and it assume, assumedly or assumably? Assumedly. Assumedly, it had been called this name for the whole first stage, but during the second age, it was called Greenwood the Great, or in Sindarin, Aaron Galen. Uh, Galen meaning. Um, 
I'm pretty sure. A lot of water. I'm pretty sure wood. Or no, Aaron means wood. I think gallon means green. Yeah. Wood Anyways, green. um, and then yeah, and then so that's what it was called in the second age, and then in the fourth age, after it was uh, cleaned or cleansed from evil, uh, after the war of Sauron, the War of the Ring, uh, it was called the Wood of Green Leaves, or Aaron Lascalan, which means green leaf. So yeah, so that's what it was called uh, in the basically the very beginning of the fourth age and on. Um, so, and Galadriel lays bare uh, the pits of Dol Guldur, which is the kind of evil fortress of one of the Ring race, and that's where the necromancer and the Hobbit resided, which was Sauron. Uh, so that's where the center of evil was in Mirkwood, and it was uh, cleansed because of Galadriel and because of the end of Sauron, and it was called the Wood of Green Leaves, Aaron Lascalan in the Fourth Age. Uh, so in and around Mirkwood, Mirkwood's a huge forest. It was once part of the uh, like the in the second age, first and second age. It was once part of that huge network of forests that stretch across Western Middle Earth. The worldwide uh, wood. Yeah. WWW. Yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you. Yes. WWW wood. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so it was part of that giant forest uh, that uh, Treebeard talks about with Merry and Pippin in the uh, the two towers. How like Fangorn and the old forest are all connected, and Mirkwood was probably part of that too um and so anyways so the people that live in and around mirkwood are the woodmen uh who we kind of talked a little bit about last episode and also the bjornings who we talked about last episode um and if you look on the map there's kind of like this big like it's called the east bite um not bite as in like you taking a bite out of it like it's like (laughs) b-i-g-h-t which is like it's usually used in terms of like like a like ocean and coastline it's like a bite is kind of like this uh giant bay type region i didn't know that yeah um so yeah so it's called the east bite and that was made from the woodmen who logged it down to that kind of state and they probably settled there so there's no like on the map there's no like names of settlements of woodmen in that region but if you have a great imagination and love imagining this type of stuff that's where woodmen live uh so yeah so yeah yeah they just don't have any big cities and then also the wood elves live in the north um and radagast lives on the edge of mirkwood as well radagast the brown yeah Uh, so the wood elves um had their main settlement on a large hill called amon lank i can't remember what that means in sindarin but uh that was in the south um the southwest of mirkwood um so it was close to Lorien, Lothlorien, or Laura Lindorian, or <laughs> there's a lot of names <laughs> for it. Anyways, doesn't matter. We're not talking about it right now. So it was called Amon Lank, and um, it was abandoned after the War of the Last Alliance, which is when the, the men and the elves and the dwarves fought against Sauron at the very end of the Second Age uh, with Sildor and Elendil and all those people. And the king of the wood elves at the time was a, a guy named, well, an elf named Orifer. Orifer. And he was a Sindarin elf. And he, during the second age, he lived in Mirkwood. Like, he traveled to Mirkwood, and the sylvan elves, the wood elves, took him as their king. Because they, they were like, well, he's from the west. He's probably so noble. So they just took him as a king. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of like, dude. Pick someone from your own race. Yeah. It doesn't really pick matter. Pick on someone from your own race. Pick pick, <laughs> pick on someone your own size. Yeah. Anyway, so he's their king. 
but I guess they all love him, so it doesn't really matter uh, that he's a different race. And but he dies in the War of the Last Alliance, so they're like, ah, bummer. But luckily, Orifer has a son, and his name is Thranduil. Ooh, and Thranduil, after the war, all the, the elves' population kind of dwindled after the war because of all the elves that died. You know how it is. Um, so Thranduil abandoned Amon Lanc, and he moved northwards, and he moved into the mountains of Mirkwood, where the it takes place in the next chapter, uh, Barrels Out of Bond, right? I don't know. I think that's the next chapter. You don't have to look it up. I'm going to look it up. You're going to look it up. It's going to be delayed, though, because I have to look. Um, So that's we'll get into the next chapter. We'll kind of talk about, like, like the halls and stuff of the wood elves. But, yes, so they move it into the mountains of Mirkwood. Yes. Okay, it's barrels out of bounds. Barrels, yeah. Barrels out of bound. Yep, okay. And so Thranduil becomes king, and uh, he fashions a hall in those caverns of the mountains. Um, And it's... He he did it based off of um, like tales of Menegroth, which means the thousand caves, um, which is was a like the the kind of like the city or the hall of King Thingol, who was the first king of the Sylvan the Sylvan or shoot uh, the freaking Sindar the Grey Elves yeah, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was in Beleriand. He wasn't in Middle Earth. Um, and so he kind of fashions it like that. And then another one he based it off of, which is in turn based off of Menegroth too, is Nargothrond, which is Finrod's kingdom. They all kind of have like these big halls built into these caverns. So that's what he wanted to do, kind of like a, a memory of those the old ages. So Thranduil is now king. Uh, Thranduil has a son named Legolas. So, oh, big guy. Yeah, so. Well, big character. Yeah, nice. so Legolas is a prince, um, which oh. it doesn't really get mentioned a whole lot during like the movies or even the books actually mm-hmm. but he is a royal member of the wood elves so which prince legolas prince legolas so and if he would have stayed longer in middle earth like if he hadn't left to go across uh to the west he would have been king in his own turn king legolas which is crazy to think about i'm thinking about it right now it's kind of crazy are you are you crazed and yeah. amazed yes cool crazy and amazed and i'm just a blaze a i'm a blaze <laughs> It's amazing to believe. It's just a phase. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, anyways, so, uh, yeah. So, Dol Guldur is what Amon Lanc becomes called, and I think that means the Hill of Sorcery. And uh, that's because the Ringwraiths start to inhabit it after it's abandoned, and that becomes their kind of, like, base of operations. And evil starts spreading throughout the wood, or Greenwood the Great, and it becomes known as Mirkwood. And then, uh, for a little while... Sauron's spirit rests there, the necromancer that's during The Hobbit. And, uh, yeah, so that's when the forest becomes evil. It's in the later Third Age, or kind of like mid to late Third Age, and it becomes known as Mirkwood. Um, and, yeah, so that's pretty much kind of like the history of Mirkwood and, like, who lives there and what's, what's you know, the happenings. So yeah, what's going on? That's what I got on Mirkwood. Uh, kind of murky, murky territory, but yeah. we got well, through it. It was good, though, because that sets the scene for the next chapter, too. And scene. Yeah. We'll get a better un- you, get a, you get a better understanding because the next chapter is big Mirkwood chapter. Yeah. Oh, actually, I do have more on it. Might be, might be, might be, might be. Okay, okay. My bad, my bad. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get to it. It was something I didn't include on my notes because I didn't want to write it all out. Okay, okay. Um, okay. So, it's a... Uh, <laughs> what are you talking... What, what I'm talking to the listeners. I said, here he goes. Here he goes. Here he goes. Here I go again on my own. Yeah. Here I go again on my own. Yeah. All right. 
Anyways, so this is the etymology, the meaning of the name Mirkwood. So this is kind of like uh, Tolkien's inspiration, basically. This is kind of like the boring stuff. Oh, Am this I right? is the stuff I like, though. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Bro. I'm just kidding. My no, apologies. Dude. My apologies. My apologies. Thanks, man. I yeah. accept. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, this is kind of Tolkien's inspiration. Yeah. So I'll just read it straight from the uh, Tolkien Gateway Wiki because I didn't write it down. So hey, That's okay. Uh, my bad. My bad. Uh, so Mirkwood is the anglicized, which for those of you guys who don't know that, that's kind of basically like English. Yeah. Like old English. Just cooler way to yeah. say. Yeah. Anglicized form of the Norse name Mirk Vither, uh, or Mirki Vidu, originally hailing from Adiac poems. Mirk Vither was a name of a dark boundary forest, the great forest that divided the land of the Goths, the Emos, oh. uh, <laughs> from the land of the Huns, the Hunnies, like the, you know. Yeah. Uh, girly girls. Girly know. girls. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> in a letter to his grandson Michael, uh, yo, what's up, Michael? Shout out to Michael. Yeah. Shouts out, Michael. Michael Tolkien. Michael Tolkien. That's crazy to say. Yeah. Uh, that's not really. Uh, <laughs> Tolkien says that Mirkwood is not an invention of mine, and continues to discuss the origin of the name in Old English and Old Norse writings. Uh, projected into Old English, the term also appears as Mirkvudu. Uh, W's in Old English are pronounced with a V. Mm-hmm. So, that's what, what it means. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh, yeah. So, that's why Germans kind of say oh, what, yeah. because it's that's w- how they pronounce W's, too, is with a V. Yeah. Uh, so, Mirk Voodoo in Tolkien's The Lost Road as a poem sung by the character Elfwine. So, here's the poem. Are you going to sing it? So, I don't really know because I've only read through it once before, so... Wait, what's it called? I want to pull it up and read it all. I don't really know what it's called. It's just The Lost Road. I don't really know. It's It doesn't even, like, rhyme. Is it on the Mirkwood? Yeah, uh, it's on the Mirkwood uh, wiki for Tolkien Gateway. Um, Do you want me to wait for you? You can get there. Just start. Just start going. I can get there. <laughs> okay, I'll just say that. <laughs> Sea Danes and Goths, Swedes and Northmen, Franks and Frisians, folk of the islands, swordmen and Saxons, Swabes and English, and the Langobards who long ago beyond Mirkvudu, a mighty realm, and wealth won them in the Welsh countries where Elfwine Eadwine's hair, 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 <laughs> hair okay. in Italy was king. All that has passed. Mm. So that was good. It was basically just talking about how Mirkwood is a like kind of like a a border or a boundary forest. That kind of uh, was in the middle of all these different like tribes. Uh, it mentions the Sea Danes, which are basically Vikings, uh, Goths, who were uh, early Germanic people, uh, Eastern Germanic, I should say. Uh, the Swedes, obviously Swedish. Uh, Northmen would also be Vikings. Franks would be uh, what is now known as France, but also a German tribe. Frisians are also a German tribe, um, and they're the... Uh, ancestors of the dutch so they're technically my ancestors because i'm dutch as far back as it goes uh folk of the islands um i don't really know folk of the islands maybe that means like the mediterranean yeah greece that's what i'm thinking um the swordmen i don't really know what that means men with swords men with swords (laughs) uh the saxons the germanic uh the anglo-saxons you've heard of them you know suaves i don't really know what that is suaves if you if I look if you like you know how on Mac you can like double p- 
push down. It brings up the uh, cotton swabs definition. So yeah. So I'm hold on. I'm gonna look it up real quick because now I'm interested. Well, I know the English. The English are the people from England. Yeah. The longboards. It doesn't come up with anything. Oh, the Langobards? Langobards. So I that, don't know why I said Langobards. That is actually, I think, um, some sort of version of the name Longbeards. And that's also what Tolkien based his dwarf tribe off of, the Longbeards. Oh, wait, it says right here. Folk. The Lombards or Langobards. Yeah, the Lombardies. Were Germanic people who ruled most of the Italian peninsula from 58 to 774. Yeah. So that's like or the. Or Lombardy, Vince Lombardy. Yeah. The trophy. Yeah. And the Packers. So the Langobards or the Lombards are like, there's like the kingdom of uh, Lombardy that was in that area. Um, and then there's, they say, Welsh countries, which would be Wales, obviously, and the Isle of Man. Um, and then, well, within Wales, there's also little kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, and then at the bottom, it also says the name Mirkwood was also used by William Morris in his novel, The House of the Wolfings in 1888. Oh wow! So, there House you go. Of the Wolfings. That's that's all about Merkwood that I know. That's all you know. That's all I know. Grant just that's told all us to all know. he knows. You can't ask him any more questions. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, you guys probably know what's coming next. What? Everybody's favorite segment: Middle Earth current events. Welcome to Middle Earth Current Events. The this is current events about Middle Earth or pertaining to Middle Earth. Oh, this is Middle Earth on this Earth pertaining to Middle Earth. Yeah, I think I said it right. Something like that. Yeah, let me reiterate. These aren't mid- current events taking place on. Middle First Earth. of all, let me iterate. <laughs> Oh, I forgot to iterate before. And then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll reiterate. Shoot, I forgot to iterate. Now I can't reiterate. Um, yeah, these this is uh, current events on this earth. Um, this is pretty big news. Um, I mean, it's not like huge news, but I mean, it's pretty cool news. I didn't have anything for the current events uh, section Boo. yesterday. So I just Googled Middle Earth, or I Googled Tolkien, and this is what came up. So the title to this article, I'll link the article below, is Hubble Telescope's most distant star discovery gets a Tolkien-inspired name. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. So this is a quote from the article. It says, a team of researchers led by Brian Welch. Can I have three guesses as to what it is? Yeah, well, let me read okay. up until it says the name, and then you can uh, do your guesses. Because um, I'll read the actual name, and then it says what the uh, Tolkien-inspired name is. So team of researchers led by Brian Welch, an astrophysicist at John Hopkins University in Baltimore, announced on March 30th that with observations from the Hubble... Oh, March 30th, 2022, if you're listening to this in the future. <laughs> this is 2022. Yeah. Uh, they have discovered the most distant single star before ever seen. And while the star's technical designation uh, is WHL0137-LS... WTF. Yeah. Grant, why don't you get, take your three guesses of what the actual name is. Okay. So there's three things that I can think of that have to do with stars... As, so it's probably like an actual name, right? Yeah, I'm going to cover my mouth because if you get it right, I'm going to smile. Because so <laughs> <What? laughs> I'm not good at hiding stuff. So I'm, I want you to do all three of your guesses. I'm just not going to look at you because then, then I can tell when you're smiling by oh, your eyes too. Don't look at me. I'll cover everything. Okay. Well, don't look at me. Stop looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop looking at you. Okay. Um, I'm going to guess uh, 
Elbereth. That's like the um one of the what are they freaking called? The Valar mm-hmm. of the stars. Um Arendil, which it, he's he's this mariner that gets turned into a star because he has a Silmaril. He's like the Dawn Star. And then I would say Varda, which is another name for Elbereth. Okay, well, one of those is right. One of them is right. And it's Erendil. Ah, sweet. Yeah, so they named the star Erendil. But cool. they didn't put the little two dots over the uh, A. Yeah, like Tolkien so does. technically it would be pronounced, for well, for people reading it, it would just be Erendil yeah. or whatever. But it's Erendil. Erendil. So this star is 12.9 billion light years from Earth. So pretty far away. I've walked that distance before, really? so oh, it's not that far. Not that far. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. You've probably seen it then. Yeah, no. I, well, that's where I walk to, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they saw you walking. And they're like, is that a guy walking what out What the there? heck? And then yeah. they saw the star out there, and they're like, what the? Whoa. Yeah, so pretty far away. It's the farthest one we've seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not personally. I'd say. I haven't seen it. Um, but the Hubble has. Yeah, so like Grant said, Arendil is a half-elven mariner who vo- voyaged to Valinor. Um, an interesting fact, he's Elrose and Elrond's father. Yeah. So uh, that's just... Elrond's bit. father is a star. Mm-hmm. He probably looks up at night and he's like... Or in the morning, he's like, Father. <laughs> yeah. I see you. I see you. Dad, are you watching me? <laughs> dad. Oh, Dad. Ew, Dad. Ew, Dad, get out of my room. Yeah. So in Old English... Um, or wait, no, I'll start with the Tolkien's thing. So... Erendil in a Quenya language means lover of the sea. Aww. And cute. Yes. And Big then cute. In, in Old English. Cute. <laughs> in Old English, it means the morning star or the dawn. Aw, cute. So there, it makes sense. Um, yeah, there's like an Old English story about uh, like the dawn star too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why that's there's an actual name in old English for that. Yeah. Which is Tolkien's inspiration mm-hmm. for that. So yeah, you go on. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So it's, I just think it was interesting, but so um Michelle Thaler, um she's Don't like, know her. You don't? You no. probably don't. I didn't know her before this. Well, is she one of the people who named the star? Um no, I was just gonna say it. Uh she's not she wasn't part of the team that discovered the star, but she's the one who represents the four science divisions and NASA's Godar Space Flight Center in Maryland. Um, so she was, she's like the spokesperson, I guess, but she's also part of it. It's not like she's just like some spokesperson. Yeah, she's yeah. smart. Lady. Yeah. 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 So in the interview, she said, uh, the young man who discovered the star picked the name, which is Brian Welch, most likely, um, likely referring to Welch, but while Welch's personal interest in Tolkien came through with this name, Thaler added that she and many other members of the team are fans of Tolkien, Tolkien's works as well. And there's a picture of her. And she has two tattoos on her forearms in Elvish. Um, I don't know what they say because I can't read Elvish. Yeah. And they don't give a... Well, what, you can't read the Elvish script, Tenglar, the yeah. alphabet. Yeah, I can't yeah. read that. So, I can read the word Elvish. Yeah, no, I, I met I met <laughs> Michelle, actually. No, she oh. she congratulated me on the 12.9. She was there at the start. She, she congratulated. Congratulations. She, she congratulated me on the 12.9 billion mile walk. How long did it take you? Approximately. Uh, it took me well. Okay, considering uh, I had to walk through traffic a few times while on Earth, mm. it took me um about three thousand light years. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because like about twelve thousand to or two point. Oh, that's fast. It's two point nine billion light years away. It took you three thousand light years. Yeah. You walk fast. Yeah. Faster than the speed of light. Well, it's a it's a speed walk. Oh, yeah. speed walk. Yeah. <laughs> you walk. Fa- you speed I, walk faster than the speed of yeah, light. Yeah, I power walk. Oh, you power walked. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting because um, it doesn't really – it's not really like a – it's like a, a nice break from all this Amazon Prime yeah. jib-jab, wib I'm sure you guys are all sick of it. I'm sure you guys – Absolutely ill from it. You guys have all been Disease-ridden. Yeah. But this is just some nice – this is some – this is a Pestilent-ridden. Yeah. This is a star in the sky Aww. type news. Good news. Literally. I'm impressed that you got it. I mean, now that I think about it, you would. It's not that crazy, but Jay. I didn't. I didn't. I'm offended for myself. Sorry, I just hurt Grant's feeling by saying I was impressed. I said feeling. I hurt your feeling. You have one <laughs> feeling. One feeling. <laughs> My feeling is hurt. Oh. Yeah. So that's all we have for. That's this, pretty cool, though. This um, chapter and um, the Middle Earth current events. We're gonna end this with the trivia. As always. Oh, also, I know there's a, a species of Neanderthal that's uh, named after the hobbits, which is pretty cool. What are they called? Neanderthalus hobbitus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, okay, I'll do my trivia first. Okay. Since you just talked the yes. talk on I that talk, whole talk. Now i got to walk the walk. Now yeah. i got to walk the walk for yeah. 12.9 billion light years. Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, here's my trivia question. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. You got your brain all i got my brain right here right there okay <laughs> thinking cap on mm-hmm. or did you leave it in your room i don't i if if it's too hard i'll run and get it yeah okay so what was mirkwood called after the war of the ring when it became cleansed of evil um is there like a uh, regular name and then a there's a regular you you just need to guess one well i remember there was but like there's an elvish or a regular one whatever one is you it want. is it the green one or is that before was it the it's some, part of it, yeah. The, ah, the I know that the Elvish translation is wood green. I don't know. I don't it the green the something great green the great something green great great green something. I know there's green and the great green giant. <laughs> I know it's green and the great. I don't know. Is that I, your <laughs> is that your final answer? My answer is green the great. <laughs> green the great. <laughs> Uh, Greenwood the Great Greenwood. was what it was called in the Second Age before oh. it became evil. Oh. It's called the Wood of Green Leaves. Oh, the Wood of Green Leaves. Yeah. Or, so I got the green part. Yeah. Or Aaron Lescallon. Aaron Lescallon. Yeah. I feel like that was pretty good. I would, knew I would not have gotten the Elvish. Well, yeah. I'm not an Elvish kind of guy. Also, okay, so the Wood of Green Leaves is Aaron Lescallon. Greenwood the Great is Aaron Gallon. Mm. So that's also – that would be pretty hard to – yeah, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, I guess I count that as wrong because I, I it was wrong. Yeah, I got the green right, but I guess the wrong. Yeah. Well, technically, you got wood right as well because it's wood of green leaves, mm-hmm. but not green wood. Yeah. Yeah. So my question, you ready? Yeah. Which of Tolkien's sons was scared of spiders? Oh. Do you want me to list off his sons, or do you want to just guess? There's Christopher. Mm-hmm. There's, is there a Ronald? Nope, that's that's well, that's his middle name is yeah, Ronald. That's not. Do you uh, want me to tell you? Yeah, list list off. The There's names. Christopher, Michael, and John. Which one was scared of spiders? I'm gonna go with C, John. No, it's Michael. D, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> B, B or D? My, it's Michael. B, yeah. my chill. Hey, that's okay. We both got him wrong. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. Um, next episode, I know next episode we're reading two chapters. Because I know next episode is going to be a big one, too. The next two chapters are big. <laughs> These are big chapters. They're so big, we're putting them so in one episode. it's Barrels Out of Bond and, uh, freaking A Warm Welcome. 
let me see. Wait, I hit the wrong button. Here, Barrels Out of Bound and A Warm Welcome. Yes. So we'll be reading chapters 9 and 10, Barrels Out of Bound and A Warm Welcome. Okay. You heard it here first. Read those mm -hmm. two chapters for your homework. Please do. Yeah. They're shorter ones. They'll be easier to read. But even though it's short, doesn't mean they're big chap not big chapters. And even actually short is pretty average. <laughs> it's not bad that it's short. It's not, well, you can still fit it within a day's work of reading. You know? Yeah. You could probably get two in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because the last chapter was big doesn't mean that this one's like small. That is bad. That it's small. no, it's not small compared to the big ones. No, it's, it's all just, like your perception or yeah. perspective. Because yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Oh. Okay, we're cutting that. <laughs>